Welcome to the Mission Guys podcast, where we talk about anything related to leading transformation in the church. I'm Nick Jorgensen. And I'm Rick Pop. And as always, it's our hope that we can help you as church leaders, as leadership teams, as practitioners to more effectively mobilize the church to achieve its mission. Our topic in this episode is really a question today. And that question is, is it even possible? As you hear that, if you're like, what's the it? We're going to unpack that in this episode. Hopefully, bringing hope and uh, encouragement to all of you. So, to open this up, we should begin in prayer, as we always do, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you today. Thanks for the opportunity to be your sons and serve you, and hopefully our brothers and sisters out there who are trying to lead transformation. King Jesus, we just ask you to sit at the table today with us and uh, just lead this discussion. Give us your mind and heart to help us see that in you all things are truly possible. And those aren't just words on a page, but that's a reality. So Holy Spirit, come. We invite you now. Fill us with hope. Fill us with encouragement. Even now go before us and to those who are most in need and minister to their hearts, wherever they're hurting the most, wherever they're feeling drained and exhausted and come and fill Rick and I with only your words and thoughts we pray this in Jesus name amen amen Father Son Holy Spirit amen thanks Nick and thanks to everybody out there for the feedback this is only our second episode our first one is getting great feedback and recommendations and even from lay leaders that aren't involved in in church at all uh, some leaders that just appreciate a faith-based podcast and some direction we've got some great recommendations for people nick that we can interview because we plan on interviewing every fourth or fifth episode and some some great leaders and get their perspective to share with others so today you know we've been talking about a lot of different topics and before we dig into things like how to run more effective meetings or how do we better manage the workload or how do we uh sustain uh team morale and How do we uh, more effectively coach, whether it's coaching the leaders or leaders coaching their team members? Yeah, how do we get more equipped to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit? All these kinds of things. Um, That's Before we get into that. Yeah, we were were talking about what's next, what's coming next. And at the same time, we were talking with one of our Christian brothers. So we were explaining what we do and mission guiding and how we're helping teams become healthy and and just talking about how we're building trust and how you can love people on your team and have these relationships. And we're talking about some of the things we're witnessing and what we experience even in our own team in Acts 29. And, and man, he was almost in a deflated state. And he'd been going through some things. And he asked us the question, is that even possible? Yeah, that, a, a, a vulnerable, honest question. And it was actually really helpful for us to even just kind of unpack because so often in the church right now, we're exhausted, we're beat up, we're battle fatigued, unsure of what to do. We're trained for a different time, as we like to say. And um, and yet, this is it even possible question kind of flies in the face of um, kind of what's at the heart of our yeah. work and what we're passionate about. Oh, and by the way, disclaimer, um, we know the audio is not fantastic on this on this episode. We apologize for just that. Today, just today. Just today. Just uh, today. We, we're, we're moving our offices and we... Packed up our studio and go. Wait, we shouldn't have packed up yet. We need to. We need to record an episode. So, so apologies for that. Anyway, so jumping right back in. So our brothers in struggle, wondering if it's possible. 
And so, and we know he's not alone. No, I mean, we, we, I mean, yeah, we deal with enough, is... and we've all been both blessed and, and unfortunate to be on dysfunctional teams in our careers, whether it's in the church or in the secular world, in the business world. Um, you know, there, we, we know it. We know when we've been the ones mm-hmm. that have caused disunity, yeah. right? We know as we've grown in our own way and had our own baggage and problems. So we know that there are people out there listening and like, man, is it really possible to have a a, 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 a missional family that I love, that I would spend time with even outside of the office? Right. I mean, there's some that say, I don't want to see these people yep. when I'm not at work. And so is it possible to develop that love and to be on mission in you know, the leadership of the church? And we don't want to end the podcast right now by just saying yes and be done. But the, <laughs> yeah. the answer, Take our word for spoiler, it. Spoiler alert, <laughs> right? It's like, the answer is yes. But there's so much more to this. But the question that our friend asked is really a good one that we thought we'd spend some time on before we get into anything that might be considered more tactical. Yeah, we want to, we want to end up leaving you with, with help here. But the first thing is, is it possible for a team especially in the church, is it possible for a group of people to actually share a biblical worldview, to share a way of seeing reality together that's common, that's principled? Um, I mean, so often, my own experience in in, in ministry has been that we don't always share the the same biblical principles and ideals. Or we might not even share the same definition of what is the gospel. And yet, we, we notice that if you're not even aligned with what is the good news, what is the gospel, regardless of how maybe advanced we think we are, that then it's hard it's hard to develop that missional family, right? So that I think you're right. The first one there is like, what is this biblical worldview? Do we tie everything that's going on? Do we tie our job to that worldview that that, that, that this is part of God's plan for me? Yeah, and this is how it fits. Yeah, almost even more than like, like a like a tie. It's like we're like, is it flowing out of that? Like, is that like that's the seedbed? That's the foundation of the whole thing. If, you, yeah. if you're, you know, if you're talking about being on mission, that's like if we don't have that, it's gonna be hard to get anywhere else. Yes. Right? So, so that's one area for sure. If it, for it to be possible mm-hmm. to have that healthy, to have, and, and let me say, what what does it healthy look like? Well, let's talk about being more than a staff, mm-hmm. right? That, that's kind of this this second area is. You know, if you say, oh, yeah, it's just my job, and we're a staff, and we're called staff, and we're not really trusting. Yep. You know, I thought it would be easier coming to a church setting to have people trust each other. I thought it'd be easier in a church setting to have, you know, charitable conflict. Yep. I thought it'd be easier in a church setting to, to hold each other accountable for results because you're working for the Lord and commit to outcomes and, and to actually get things done. You would now, think that. You would think yeah, that. You would think that, right? And I don't know. I don't. Maybe I don't go as far as to say it's harder all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've seen many mm-hmm. cases where mm-hmm. it's even more difficult. Mm-hmm. And you've you've shared with me your observations. You know this church nice you call it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I've been doing ministry, like like directly doing ministry for fourteen years, and in all those years, it is it is the it is rare that I see really healthy teams really healthy relationships people really trusting each other having honest tough conversations and and growing stronger from those conversations and and so if that's true for me and it's true for a lot of people we work with that beats you up that wears you out yeah. and you can't you can kind of get this mentality of like just preserve self try and do some good things for jesus and hopefully it all works out in the end yeah. and it's like that is yeah. uh, you know i appreciate that place because i've been in that place 
But there is so much more available to us. And the Catholic Church is, by and large, the, the place where we should see this manifest at its healthiest level, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not going to be without problems. Let's not, let's not you know, paint false pictures here. But we have the Holy Spirit, <laughs> and he, can, he is the great unifier. He's the only one that gives real unity. And so every team imbued by the Holy Spirit should be able to be stronger than any secular team that exists, right? I mean, so whether, whether you're in a school, right, whether you're in a, you know, a ministry within a parish, whether you're the parish leadership team, the parish council, right? You know, it, it should be the most healthy, more than a staff, more than a highly effective team. And when it's not there, you know, you got to recognize this isn't God's will. So that, so when you say, is it possible, right? That that element of, you know, what is the it part of it? Is that healthy those relationships mm -hmm. where you enjoy being with each other? You know, you call meetings. What do you call them? Penitential suffering. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, I should actually share that real quick, huh? Yeah. That priest. So when I first started doing diocesan ministry, I had this great priest friend, and uh, we were sitting sitting down one day, just having a coffee or whatever, and um, we were talking about the topic of meetings, and he goes. Nick, my, my mentor told me, and I believe it to be true in my experience as a priest, that meetings are just penitential suffering. Right? It's like, no. How <laughs> uh, depressing. And, you know, and that's not the uncommon view, right? Oh, I mean, it's so common. Death by Meetings is a popular book. And, you know, I, I know in my career, it's like, oh, meetings. Imagine, though, the it, when we're talking about, is it possible that meet, you look forward to going to that meeting? Yeah. I look forward to going to our Tactical meeting, Acts 29, our Absolutely. ad hoc discussions. I look forward to them. You know, I had always looked forward to meetings, believe me. And so is that possible? Yes, it is possible. Yeah. So, but that's an area where it's, you know, okay. The, the other part of, you know, what needs to be there for it to be possible, you know, an area that we notice mm -hmm. in our own experience, our own failures, our own successes, and then the teams we support and the, the families that we support, um, is really relying on the Lord for direction in praying together. When you see teams that pray together and are listening to what the Lord's saying versus I'm going to debate my preference. You know, so that's part of the it as well, relying on the Lord. So the clarity of mission comes from the Lord and you trust that the rest of the team is bought into that mission mm. because it's the Lord's mission. Yeah. It's not just my personal mission, it's the Lord's mission. Um, and let me let me ask you. You and I had a chance to join uh, Father John and Mary and Albert, and we went to Gettysburg last week. It got to go to Gettysburg. I had never been to Gettysburg, and to learn about the battle at Gettysburg, I mean, I'm still processing. I still there's so much there. It's sad. It's horrible. There's also elements of it that it saved our country, of course, and so many things there. But one of the one of the elements that I just still am struggling with. And I'm reading diaries and I'm reading uh, letters from the soldiers, mm. as recommended by our friend. And, uh, and to say what motivated them, mm. you know, and, and part of it, the big part was this sense of it's my mission and my honor, my mission and my honor. Now, there's a lot of other reasons and not everybody's the same and not everybody's noble. Not everybody was a hero. Um, but even if you're on what you consider the wrong side, mm -hmm sense of mission and honor you go in okay and and these mostly men were ready um and women played an important role they just weren't in the on the battlefield okay mm -hmm. and so these men in this case you know they're going at this battle mission and honor and so many of them and they're hungry to fight 
I can't wait to fight. I mean, some of them are waiting years. We can't wait to fight. You're going to fight. And yet, as soon as you got into that battle and you realize it's not all glory, it's bloody, it's horrible, it's messy, now the mission is less important. And now it's like, wait a minute, do I even believe in this mission? And so this listening to the Lord on the mission also has to include this fact that if the mission is worthwhile, and it's the mission, capital T, capital M, the mission, when it gets bloody, when it gets messy, the mission doesn't all of a sudden become less important. And that's another element of this, because once it gets hard so often, in a secular world, once it gets hard, so if I'm in a company that makes toilet paper, and thank God for toilet paper, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not downing toilet paper. Yeah. We, you know, thank God for that. And yet, if I'm on a team that's making toilet paper, and I'm on a team that's working to proclaim God's word and rescue souls and rescue souls in a metropolitan area, when it gets tough, I can only believe that if we're bought into the mission, mm -hmm. that I'll give every ounce of it for that missional, you know, that 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 diocese, that archdiocese, whatever, and maybe less so in another, with another purpose. Okay, so I, I know I rambled on that one a little bit, Nick, no, but, I, but I think that's part of this whole, for it to be possible, every single person has to buy into that mission. And when times get tough, can't fall away from that mission. And I don't think people even, even know their mission Whatever no. their possible it is, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, there's a ton of people like to use the word mission drift. There's a ton of mission drift. There's a lot of confusion, um, you know. And then, and then too, it's uh, so so that that first contact with the enemy, if you will, that changes the scenario. Sometimes that looks like, you know, being ridiculed publicly, being called out in a horrendous way, and uh, and that those are that that's that's challenging. I mean, we're praise God as of today in America. You know, we're not seeing um, the extermination of Christians, right? Like it's not, we don't, we're not facing that today. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you 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 sign up gung ho to do ministry, and then you're on a you're, you're part of a, a team or a culture that like disagrees with your idea. Mm -hmm. Even yeah. just that, I mean, how many people sometimes? How often have I backed away just by a disagreement over an idea? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, so all those layers from the from the simplest thing, which sounds so minuscule compared to the sacrifice in your life in Gettysburg, right? Mm -hmm. Um, all of that is a part of having the courage to press into, do I really believe the Lord spoke? Do I really know what the mission is? And am I committed to it regardless of the circumstances? So, but we don't want to stop here and just say, okay, this is, this is how it's not possible. This is kind of what's happening. Mm -hmm. We want to give you practical, hope-filled ways to very simply make subtle changes, to start beginning to say, no, I, I, I do think this is possible. And so how do I go about doing it? So this, right. let's start with this first one, yeah. right? So we're going to run through what we talked about in our first episode and now in this one, these three essential principles for transformation. We think God gave them to us, they're to give away, and we think they always work regardless of the, of the circumstances. So this first principle that we think makes it possible is reacquiring a biblical worldview. Now, there's a lot in a biblical worldview, but we really want to just make it practical. So if you're a leader or you're part of a team and you're saying to yourself, yeah, I think that's important, then how can I go about doing that? Well, one simple way is to find a common, uh, a place where you can go. Maybe a retreat, could be running some kind of experience for your team. You know, maybe it's a multi-week experience like the Rescue Project, yeah. um, where you guys can sit back and together go through an experience of the power of the gospel to be personally renewed 
and have a discussion. Yeah, you have your team soaked in the discussion about the experience you're having of Jesus Christ and His Lordship and the Holy Spirit coming, right? And being restored to the Father. So that 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 critical component of reacquiring the biblical worldview can can go deeper or be renewed or start anew by simply saying we're going to go and do something together to be um, to to re-experience the power of the gospel. So that's one simple way to start. And when teams do this, it's an opportunity to level set because mm-hmm. sometimes someone at the table is is um. You know, very advanced in ministry or right. in equipping or uh, in theology or knowledge or someone else is very advanced in accounting and finance and we all have different roles and, and, and whatnot but to have a common experience to say this is what we mean when we say Jesus Christ this is what we mean when we say the Holy Spirit this is what we mean when we say ministry the gospel the gospel you know, what does it really it's change what's the everything? good news yeah and apply it to each of us individually right and then you apply it that's why I like doing it together you apply it to your team right and the power is in the gospel and you might doubt that somebody can change or you can change or your leader can ever be a great leader you start with the power of the gospel yeah i think the second area and we talked about it is this you've got to be more than a staff yep you know you really and, and how do you become more than a staff well first of all you got to stand up and say that we can get stronger we can get healthier and, it, and if the leader's not doing it any team member can do it and, and so there are experiences where you could, you could, you know, bring in somebody, do an experience together about team health. We always plug our good friend, Patrick Lencioni, um, who's got all kinds of materials on how you can become healthier as a team. Um, he's, he's been a, you know, I, I was a little bit of a groupie as an HR person in the secular world with him. And, uh, and yet he's, he's, he and, and others have started The Amazing Parish. There's other experiences that you can do and get stronger as a team, mm-hmm. get healthier as a team, become more than just a staff. Can't be just a job, you know? Right. And then I think, you know, the, the other area, practical. So there's a practical way is, it, is don't let it go. You, uh, before I move on to the team, you can't just let it go on. You can't let, this, di, let dysfunctionality continue. Be the one to raise your hand. Charitably, talk about it. Maybe it starts with individual discussion with the leader or the leader with some of the team members. Okay, so I, th- I think that's enough of a practical, make something happen. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and even building on that too, it's like maybe you're the leader of a team and you guys really haven't been acting like a team and you're doing that self-check right now, like do I really want that? Assuming you do, just have that conversation, go and say, hey team, staff, I really want to become more. I think I think we've been doing some good things. I want to, I want to go even deeper with all of you and have that discussion. I mean, that's... It changes the atmosphere just to acknowledge the desire to grow in love and relationship with each other. Yeah. You know? And who doesn't want that? Right, right. And then the third essential principle is that God has the plan. So very practically, if your team is not praying as a team, and you don't take some time, whether it's in front of the Blessed Sacrament, quiet time in the chapel, quiet time outside, quiet time in the conference room, take 15 minutes, take 30 minutes to pray in order to know what the work should be and what the work is, and clarity of that mission. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. very very practical. And then, once you do your prayer, come back and unpack your prayer. Ask each person, what did you hear? Did you hear anything? You might say, nothing came to me. I didn't feel anything. I didn't sense anything. I didn't have any images. I didn't have any clarity of thought. That might happen. More times than not, something comes up. And then as you're sharing with each other, while you're doing that, you're continuing to build trust in each other and in the Lord, and you're helping the discern as a team what truly is our direction what is our mission i was working with a priest a number of years ago great guy but very much 
kind of fallen prey to these this this mentality like is it even possible and so um, we agreed to spend some time uh, kind of journeying together through through these principles I would I didn't have them all like this then but just accompanying him as a leader to really build the team you know and and share a worldview and and to really discern God's plan together and we started off and his his physical appearance so you know when someone just looks drained like that they, they the physical appearance even looks just kind of beat up and downtrodden you know you, you can just feel that that kind of negative energy almost if you want to say, use that language like coming off of that person with negative emotion that's his that was the state he was in and he just kind of walked with that like slow kind of methodical uh, everything in his being just was screaming like this is this is I am so gassed and so that's the place we started and I remember just a few sessions in just watching him come to life his, his smile coming out more and more his team starting to get like hey I think we could be a team because they just started to experience having real conversations they started to talk about the stuff that was most important to them instead of the stuff that was more distraction there might be a lot of energy about it but it was a distraction from the mission and so as this happens i remember this one night in particular he had just wrestled with what something he would never have wrestled with before i can't i can't speak to the i don't want to say too much detail but basically they had to kick a ministry out of the parish um it wasn't it wasn't aligned with them and um what they were what they felt the lord was inviting them to do and so he has this really tough conversation parents are parents are blown up you know, people on staff are kind of blown up. And that night, he said, I went to bed last night. And I just looked up at my crucifix and I just said, thank God I have a leadership team. And him saying, thank God I have a leadership team like that. That was the first time in who knows how many years he didn't feel alone. He wasn't fighting that battle alone anymore. No. And that's critical. If, if to, to not feel like you're alone as a leader... To feel like there's people around you who are going to support you and walk with you. Teammates are going to support you and walk with you in those tough battles. It, it, it can literally take your posture from one of walking slow, looking beat up, to walking around joyfully. This priest went so far from the beginning of our time together saying, I hate conflict. I don't like having those conversations. To when I remember when I left, he said, I love conflict. I love having tough conversations. Everywhere I'm going, I'm having tough conversations. Not because I'm a jerk, but because I care. I care about you and I care about the gospel and the mission. And so his whole, his whole, he almost had a personality shift in so many ways through this journey. And it's just to say like, this can happen for you too. You know? And they don't refer to him as Father Hatchet. No, no, no. He's, <laughs> no. He's Anything but that. Good man, okay. Anything but that. No, that's great. Thing. Great story. Great story. Yeah, so as we as we kind of maybe round the final turn here, Nick, on this episode and and get into the the mission challenge that we have for everybody, um, I also want to ask you know each person to think about themselves within their teams, and and maybe even you say, hey team, let's all listen to this podcast because it's for every individual on your leadership team, whether it's the leader, whether it's the newest person on that team. This all has to begin with you reflecting on yourself. We firmly believe this. It's a self-reflection. And, and why does this not happen in all cases? Is generally it starts with our own individual brokenness. There, there is individual healing that needs to be done. You know, when we talked, uh, you know, and I probably share this story too often, but we talked with a, 
very senior priest who we were talking about making it a missional family, taking his team that he was a member of, he wasn't the leader of it, to even a stronger team, to a missional family where you love each other, you love spending time with each other. And his answer was, nah, I'm good. I've got enough friends. I've got my own family. I don't need that. And so he viewed it as, as a job. It's functional. It's functional. That's my job. That's what I do. I'm on the leadership team. And we know that that's just not even near what the mission is. The mission of, of coming together so that that team is so tight, that that family is so tight, they can just overflow with love. So does the love come out of that leadership team to others naturally? I'd argue not. And so we're going to ask as, as people, we come to this, this final thought around here is, let's talk about our own situation. Are we an enabler to making that a missional, a missional family, regardless of your role? Or are we either neutral, riding along, or are we worse, are we detracting? Mm -hmm. Are we building more dysfunctionality? Are we building more silos and gossiping and all the other stuff? And then, and that's whether you're leading a school, whether you're leading a, a parish council, whatever it is. Now, family is a little different because I'm going to give you two options for everybody, but family or a priest or a bishop is, hey, okay, you know, in, any of these teams, you, you, you've either got to commit yourself to changing heart and mind to say, I need to be an enabler and somebody who's making this a healthy family, or I need to self-select and get off of this team. There's no other choice. Now, in a family, we're not saying self-select and get off. No, that, <laughs> not, we're not saying that right. one. That's, there's only one answer, change mind and heart. Yep. Change with, and you're not going to do this alone. This is by the third essential principle. It's God has the plan. Just pray, listen, you know, take action, of course. Take action, of course. And so, Nick, before we get into the actual mission challenge, I know you've helped me a lot on this. And, and as we've been working with teams and working with, with individuals within the teams, you know, that, that, that personal reflection first. Because we all have that person that bugs us. Mm. Might be on the team, might be someone in the community, might be someone else. Could be our boss, could be the, the bishop, could be whatever. Or the, you know, that, and, and our focus is on them and it's not on us. So any thoughts there before we take them to the mission challenge, Nick? Yeah, just just to have that acknowledgement that all of us are on that healing journey. You know, like even this priest you mentioned, in his heart of hearts, he doesn't want that. He wants community and unity and fraternity, just like everybody else does. But you get beat up, you get broken, and, you know, it could be way back in your childhood, could be some recent events or years of whatever you've been doing, and you start to fall into these little lies and traps of, like, yeah, that's not possible. Or, or even if it's not that clear in your mind, it's just like, I can't trust them because, you know? Or I, I've tried that before and it hurt too much. You know, so whatever, wherever you're at, whatever might be holding you back in whatever sphere you're in, um, just asking the Holy Spirit to reveal those places where you need healing and ask him to come and heal. Because he's the one that does the transforming. It's not just like this American bootstraps mentality. Like, let me just strap the boots on tighter and go after it. You know, it's like, no, it's like, I need God to do something for me and for my team you know, to make this happen. Awesome. So here we go, folks. Thanks for listening. We're going to take you to the mission challenge and then we're going to close in prayer. So the challenge to you is you take this to your own prayer, whether it's in front of the blessed sacrament, if it's, you know, as you're driving to work, first of all, challenge yourself. Do you believe it is possible? 
Do you believe it is possible to have that leadership team you're working on become a missional family with tremendous trust that can debate in a charitable way, that commits to each other, holds each other accountable, that fulfills the mission that the Lord puts you on? You know, it's, it's you. Can you be an advocate for it? Do you believe it is possible? If not, you've got some decisions to make. Pray on it. And the second part of this is, once you're there, believe it's possible, then commit. Commit to making it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You can't do this alone. Commit to making that team great. Even when you get into the battles, believe in the mission. That's the missional challenge. Let's start with you and commit and be that advocate or make whatever choices has to happen so that that team can flourish and become a missional family. And before we close in prayer, as always, we're going to ask you to send any thoughts to the mission guys at acts29.org. And here's always the catch the mission guys is one word, easy. At acts29 is A C T S X X I X dot org. All right, let's pray to activate this mission challenge. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now just to come wherever we are. Just come, Holy Spirit. Meet us in our hearts where only you know we need you most. Holy Spirit, minister to areas of unbelief. Reveal places of hurt and brokenness that prevent us from the hope, the belief that it's possible to see transformation and great teams and to hear you. And I just ask you right now, Jesus, to, in a particular way, move and renew our minds and hearts that we can be leaders of great teams, that there are people out there who want to help us to do this, and that you have teammates for us we know and don't know yet that you're sending us to help this reality come into existence. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you and we love you. Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Go and make the mission possible. <laughs>